to give you key point number one, and then we're going to unpack it from Joshua chapter 6. Key point number one this morning is this, and it takes place before the challenge. Remember that you fight from victory, not just for victory. Remember that you fight from victory, not just for victory. Let's look at the first five verses of Joshua 6. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went in, and none, came in, none went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. Even seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast of the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. Now let's, let's pause there. Let's unpack that a little bit. Understand this, that the victory had already been declared before the, vic- before the battle even took place. It's very similar to what, what Christ has done for us on the cross. The cross has declared our victory. The cross has declared our victory in life. The cross has declared that we have victory, but it still requires faith. We are not fighting from a position um, to gain victory, but we are fighting from a position in which victory already belongs to us. It's already ours. Notice the city of Jericho was secure. It said no one in that city was going in or out. Now why is that? The people of Jericho feared God and his people. We know this because when the spies went in, news had already gotten there. When they talked to Rahab and they talked to people within the the walls there was already discussion have you heard about the people who have come up out of Egypt have you heard what their God is doing for them have you heard that he that they have been in battles and that they have already won and given been given victory over great armies that everywhere that they go their God is giving them victory News had already gotten to Jericho. They had already heard all of that. So when Israel shows up, when Joshua and his army show up, what did they do? They shut down the city. They went on lockdown. They went to stay in place. They said, we're not going anywhere. Why? Because they had fear of God. But understand this, what does that look like? What does that mean, fear of God? These weren't believers, 
right? I mean, these weren't the followers of God, but yet they feared him. It, it seems strange. Well, there's a difference between the fear of the Lord that believers have and the fear of God that non-believers have. Let me explain the difference really quick. Number one, if you are a follower of Christ, a Christian, Scripture tells us that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, that, that we are to have a, a certain level of fear of him. Well, what, is the, what exactly does that mean, to have uh, a fear of the Lord? It means that we have an, an awestruck reverence to who he is. We recognize his, his amazing power, his ability, his, uh, his omnipotence, his all-powerfulness. And we not only acknowledge it, but we submit to that. And we just say, you know what? He is, he is incredible. The non-believer, in contrast, doesn't place their faith in the Lord. They just have a fear of what God could do to them. A non-believer is, I don't want anything bad to happen to me, so I'm just going to, it's almost, uh, it's almost just a, a, a self-preservation tactic of just, uh, I am fearful of you because I've seen what your God has done, but you're not at a point to put your faith in him, in Christ. So here's our challenge. We live in a society it doesn't even fear God. I mean, the city of Jericho went on lockdown. Why? Because they feared what God would do. And our culture today, there is no fear of God. Consider Romans 3.18. It says this, there is no fear of God before their eyes. What was he describing? He was talking about the culture. This is Paul describing the culture of his day. Paul had already noticed the shift. During the time of Joshua, there was still a cultural fear of God that had completely been erased by the time Paul writes Romans 3.18. Paul was alluding to Psalm 14. Psalm 14 says, the fool is set in his heart, there's no God. It's interesting because, and I love VeggieTales. I don't know if you remember VeggieTales or not. They were a fun cartoon that shared biblical events. And uh, they always had these fun uh, songs to sing along with. And one of my absolute favorites, <laughs> in fact, we, Cheryl and I were, were riding. This, this is the open up the curtain moment, right? And uh, uh, to see the circus going on. Um, Cheryl and I were driving down the road. And we were talking about different songs that she could sing this week. And I said, you know, I said, do you know the song, uh, the Christian song called Keep Walking? She was like, no, I don't, I don't know it. And I said, yeah, it's, it's, by, it's by the French peas and veggie tails. And she was like, are you kidding me? And, uh, uh, and, and so if you know the song, that makes it even, even better because uh, it's so ridiculous that it would never be sung as a worship song. But um, here's the idea. I love VeggieTales, but their purpose, keep this in mind, was never to portray an historically accurate account of events, <laughs> right? I mean, that was never their goal. We know that, that Joshua was not a cucumber uh, that, uh, that had a funny voice and 
that the Jericho was not run by French peas in military uniforms. But uh, it, it, was, it was a fun way to present a biblical narrative to teach a biblical truth. And that's their goal. Now, with that being said, VeggieTales shows Joshua and the Israelites marching around the city, and the whole time they're being mocked, right, by the, by the people of Jericho, the, the French peas who have their little French accent. Cheryl's like, please don't do your impersonation of the <laughs> Jean-Claude. <laughs> and um, here's the point. They were not mocking Israel from the, from the tops of the walls. They were fearful of Israel. They were hiding inside the walls. They weren't throwing slushies. <laughs> they weren't mocking them. They weren't, they weren't doing any of that that we see in VeggieTales. And even though VeggieTales did a great job of portraying the big picture, I want, I want us to understand that in reality, the people inside of the walls of Jericho were terrified of what was going to happen to them. And why wouldn't they be? Because they had heard testimony of what God had done. I can only imagine what's going through their mind, right? Day one, the army shows up and they're marching around your city and you're getting ready for war and you're anticipating and you're scared to death and day one ends and they walk away after they've walked around your city. You talk about this psychological warfare. <laughs> day two. They're here again. What are they doing? They're walking around. They're marching just like they did yesterday. All right, guys, get ready. They, I mean, they're, they're going to come in, and their God is with them. And we're, I mean, they're terrified. What do they do? End of day two. Same thing. They marched around once. Shout, you know, their trumpets did the whole thing and left. Keep in mind, they did this over and over and over for a whole week. But on that seventh day, Let's do it again, and again, and again, and again. You, can you imagine how fearful they are on that seventh day? They were terrified days one through six, but day seven was something different. They're marching. What are they doing? They're, are they going home like they did every day this week? Nope. What are they doing? They're marching around again. Again? A third time, a fourth time, a fifth time, a sixth time. The anxiety, can you imagine the anxiety? They weren't mocking. They were terrified. Why? They had a healthy fear of God. They knew God was with them. Listen, victory had already been declared. They saw the writing on the wall themselves. When we are to rest in the truth that Christ has already conquered the world and victory is ours. Joshua 6.2, the Lord said to Joshua, now who is this? This is Christ. This is, this is the pre-incarnate Christ. This is the second person of the Trinity. Speaks to Joshua and says, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. Not only the city, but its king and the mighty men of valor. And he hasn't even done anything yet. 
the victory has already been declared. So all Joshua and his people need to do, claim the promise that God has given them, and then follow through with obedience. The same is true for us, right? Victorious Christian does what? Knows the promises of God. You want to be victorious in, in, in your spiritual battles, in your, in your life, in your, the warfare that you're, you're facing? Then spend time in God's word and know the promises of God. You, you, you can't live them out if you don't know them. Two, believe God's promises. Know them, believe them. But number three, reckon the promises of God. Obey the promises of God and his instructions. One of my heroes of the faith is, was Warren Wiersbe, the late Warren Wiersbe. He was a radio personality for years and a pastor in northern Kentucky, a Bible scholar, huge influence on my ministry. And he wrote these words, Christ has conquered the world, the flesh, and the devil. And even if we reckon on this truth, we can conquer through him. It's possible to believe a promise and still not reckon on it and obey the Lord. Believing a promise is like accepting a check, but reckoning is like endorsing the check and cashing it.